My name is Adrian, and I'm one of the pastors here at Carney Efree. Welcome. So good to see you today. I pray you're doing well this morning and this weekend. If you're a newcomer here today, we extend a special welcome to you. Welcome to all those watching at CarneyEfree.com and in the venue. Uh, today is going to be a little bit different uh, than what we've done over the past several weeks. Well, we've been in uh, message series, Major Messages, Minor Prophets, and we'll return to that here two weeks from today. But today, we're kind of taking a look back at a bit of the past few years. And the next Sunday, well, we'll take a look forward at what uh, we're looking forward to here in the next year. Uh, so really glad though, that you're here for today's message. It is a little bit different as we're taking a, a break from that series in Major Messages, Minor Prophets. Hey, I really believe this to be true, that if you want to know where you're going, you first got to know where you've been. I really believe that if you want to have a strong sense of, of where you're going in the future, you got to have a sense of your history. And friends, we have such an amazing history at this church, Carney Free. Anyone want to take a gander on what year this church was founded? This is going to be a participatory service today. I want to warn you ahead of... 1887, very close. Anyone else? 1906? No. 1889. 1889 was the founding of this church 133 years ago. Do we have any founding members in attendance today? Maybe over in the venue. They're over in the venue, though, this morning. So again, though, this is a different kind of message here today. It's going to be a more interactive message. And I want to ask this favor on the front end. Can you please help me well with this? Would you join me in interacting a little bit? You can do so in the venue. You can do so online as well. And the first thing, though, that we're going to do is we seek to have kind of an understanding of the intergenerational diversity that God has blessed us with so, so much of this church, I'd like to ask if you, you would do this. If, if you've just been attending Carney E. Free for a year or less, we don't normally do this, but you've been attending Carney E. Free for a year or less, would you be willing to stand here for just a moment that we could see you, please? A year or less. Oh, man. Oh, man. Isn't that awesome? I trust you're doing the same thing over in the venue right now. Yeah, we give them a round of applause. So thankful for all of you for giving our church a try. This may not even be your church home yet. You're just giving it a try. But thank you for giving us a try over these past months and the, this morning. Now, everyone else who didn't stand, who's been attending this church over a year, would you now please stand? All right, all right. Yeah, we can clap for them too. But before you're seated, please, please stay standing, and we're going to do a little something to, again, get to, get to know the diversity that God has brought to our church a bit here. If you have been attending this church for 10 years or more, please stay standing, and everyone else sit down. I'll sit down with you, okay? <laughs> okay, great. So all these folks, 10 years or more, thank you for your loyalty and your faithfulness to this church over the years. How about those who have been here for 20 years or more? Stay standing. Wow. Mm. Okay, I'm going to take a jump. 30 years or more. Stay standing. Not many sat right there. Okay, I thought that would thin it out. 
40 years or more, stay standing. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Okay, last one. If you've been attending this church for 50 years or longer, would you please stay standing? Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much. You may be seated. What a gift this is, isn't it? Like, what a gift to have such generational diversity. I've been a part of different churches over my life, and most churches don't have the kind of generational diversity that we've been blessed with. We have an amazing history here, and it's a tremendous gift for us. Now, we cannot cover 133 years of congregational history in 35 minutes. I wouldn't do that to you. But we do want to look back here for this next 30 minutes or so at the last five years of our history as a church family because there have been some beautiful things that are worth just pausing and celebrating for a moment today. Psalm 145 says this, Great is the Lord and worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another generation. They tell of your mighty acts. This is a good thing for us to do on a regular basis, to pause and to celebrate and to tell of the mighty acts of our God from one generation to another generation, to share how God has provided for us over the years. When you look back at the last five years, I know that verse that we just looked at might be kind of difficult for you to do. You could tell of the great works of God and the wonderful things that have happened in this fellowship, the wonderful things that have happened in our community over these past five years because it's been a painful five years, hasn't it? The past several years have been times of great emotional and political and cultural turmoil. There have been times of great tragedy as well. There have been tremendous losses that many in this church have gone through, be it through the floods back in 2019 or the challenge of COVID and real losses there for many people in our fellowship or divorce or losses from cancer or many other things that we don't have time to note all of them right now and I will never make lightly of any of that. Please hear me. We'll never make lightly of any of that. But even so, there is beauty in these past five years, and there's good reasons for us to pause and to celebrate, and to celebrate from one generation to another, reminding ourselves of God's mighty deeds. That's what we're going to do here, though, this morning. We're taking a look back, and we're celebrating. If you've been with us for five years or more, I hope what we're going to talk about here, though, this morning could be encouraging for you. If you've been here for just like the last year or two, and you're wondering, I'd like to know a little bit more about what this church is really about, understand a bit more of its history, understand a bit more of its emphases. I hope today God gives you a flavor of that and that it's encouraging for you as well. It was in the fall of 2017 that we launched a five-year vision called From Here to There by 2022 that we recognized we had some beautiful things about our church in 2017, but there were some areas of our ministries though, that we wanted to be stronger and we wanted to be deeper by 2022. And so we developed these five statements about our preferred future, five goals that would move us to a place of greater spiritual depth and more glory to God by the fall of 2022. 
And here we are. Five years later, here we are. So here's the first goal. I just want to recap for a moment. The first goal, the first initiative, well, went like this. From spiritual busyness to spiritual depth. That was the first goal back then, and it's actually still the first goal today. We want to move from spiritual busyness to spiritual depth. We don't want a busy, hurried church church with lots of very thin branches spread out everywhere. What we want is a kingdom impact church with very deep roots. Amen? That's what we're going after, is a kingdom impact church to the broader community with deep roots in here as well. I love the way Jesus put it so simply for us. In Matthew chapter 6, he said, seek first. Number one. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and the rest of it will be taken care of. Okay? Focus on God's kingdom, what he wants done in this world, the rule and the reign of God in the lives of men and women and children, in social structures and everything. Wherever you would see, that is Jesus. That's what Jesus wants done in the world. I see it here right now. I want to see more of that right now. Seek that. God's kingdom and his righteousness and the rest will take care of itself. And so what our leadership teams did over the next several years was align our ministries. And all of our ministries are now aligned according to four very simple steps in a discipleship pathway that together as a church family, we are seeking truth and we are embracing the gospel. We are choosing community with each other in life groups and we're all joining a mission of some kind either in the church or through the church to the community for the glory of God. We've had multiple sermon series and gospel messages related to knowing Christ more deeply and living the gospel more comprehensively and praying more fervently. And we're learning together as a church family to unhurry already. How we doing? We're learning to unhurry. A couple years ago, we dedicated this beautiful 24-7 prayer room, which is right in the back of the auditorium here, and you'll see a few photographs. It was that empty concrete space, and we turned that into a 24-7 prayer room. Actually, on your handout, you'll see a code for access through those southwest doors, southwest door into the 24-7 prayer room. You can go in there anytime you want. And we have people using that throughout the week. Individuals and families and sometimes small groups who gather together for prayer, oftentimes after services on Sundays. But throughout the week, that's being used because the power of the church is not in the golden tongue of a preacher or the organizational skill of the leaders, but in the humility of the prayer warriors. The humility of the prayer warriors and being a church on mission is about falling to our knees before mighty God and saying, God, you tell us, we will follow. In October of 2020, we preached a message on discipleship and provided a simple mechanism for more discipleship to happen, that more people would move towards spiritual depth rather than busyness. And I prayed that maybe 20 people in our church would want to have someone who would disciple them in a one-on-one relationship. That was my prayer. And that day, the day of that sermon, October 2020, we had 83 people say, I want that. And we had about 65 mentors, 65 disciplers said, I will be part of that. I'm happy to help out with that. I'd like to disciple someone myself. And over the next nine months, 84 mentors and six group leaders 
led 228 people through a one-on-one discipleship program, a formal one-on-one discipleship program that led to many relationships which continue to exist today. My prayers were too small. Can someone say with me, how great is our God? How great is our God? To do something like that in this fellowship, how great is our God? This was from spiritual busyness to spiritual depth. Meanwhile, at the same time, another initiative was simmering behind the scenes. It's called From Carney to the World. And we were committed to going out to the world more, and we had this concern within our church because while we had this wonderful, I believe, Bible-teaching church and a mission-oriented church in which we had a number of ministries of mercy to the broader community, and we had wonderful ministries to ourselves, we didn't have anything that was providing an international focus for our church to get involved with. We had a great ministry in Chicago, inner city Chicago, with Rock of Our Salvation Church and Circle Urban Ministry there, but nothing internationally that would help us develop a mindset about what does God want done around the world and how could we even be a small part of that. And we realized this is a problem. Because Jesus' final words before he ascended to heaven from Acts chapter 1 go like this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the world. And we said, we're not really sure that's happening through our church body right now. And so in 2017, we developed a relationship with Compassion International and we hosted their Compassion Experience which is like this beautiful one-day entrance into Bangladesh or Uganda or Colombia. And we got a view through a day at Compassion Experience right out in the parking lot what it's like to live in a two-thirds world context in a developing nation. And we felt that together. We made this huge goal that on Celebration Sunday in 2017, EFRI would develop this relationship with a region that's called Magangue, Colombia, in partnership with Compassion International. And the hope, the goal was to provide a multi-level way for our church as a whole to be involved in international missions. That perhaps we would build a church where there was no church there in Colombia. And perhaps we would send mission teams down there to learn from them, and also to assist them in certain ways. And perhaps for those who maybe couldn't do that, we would be involved in sponsoring children. And so our big goal and our big prayer before Celebration Sunday 2017 is that this church would be involved in sponsoring 150 kids through Compassion International in Magangue, Colombia, such that we would provide educational assistance and medical help and spiritual nourishment, all in the name of Jesus, to these kids in Colombia. And my prayer, again, was for 150, and that weekend, you sponsored 300 kids. Yeah, hallelujah, I heard someone say. 300 kids in one weekend, and by the end of the year, it became 360 kids that are still sponsored from this church for these kids in Magangue, Colombia. And we've had these annual trips that have been interrupted a bit by COVID. We hope to resume those next Summer, but there's a pastor that we have a partnership with there at the church that we helped build, that we, that we funded, and the Compassion Center is there and alive and well. But again, the point is my prayers were too small. Can you say it with me? How great, how great is our God? 
How great is our God? This is a participatory service, please. How great is our God? This is from Carney to the world. The third initiative was in the fall of 2018, and we dug into this idea from church-dependent to equipped to lead. And the basic idea for this initiative came out of, I think, a pillar passage in Ephesians chapter 4. In the book of Ephesians, though, the Apostle Paul tells the church the purpose for the pastors and the teachers and the evangelists and the apostles and the prophets. And he doesn't say that I've given these people to the church such that they would do all the ministry. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I've given these people to the church in order to equip you to equip the church. So I'm not like spiritual leader number one. I'm spiritual equipper number one. I'm probably not even number one, okay? I'm one of the spiritual equippers, okay? I, my, my job is to equip the people for ministry. The pastoral job is to equip the people for ministry such, look at that verse well once more, such that the body of Christ would be built up to its complete maturity as we're all on mission together. And so Pastor Kent Sunberg and Lindsay Denny and Pastor Brian Klein kept on reminding us that through this important initiative that every Christian is a minister. And the pastors are equippers. So if you're a follower of Christ today, congratulations, you're a minister of God. That's God's word, not mine. Okay, 2 Peter, excuse me, 1 Peter 2 says a priesthood of believers, that we are a priesthood together, ministers of God, and the pastors are to be equippers such that we would all be involved in the work of the ministry together. And so we really, in this initiative, Judge just said, we want to impress upon our church that we are all responsible for our own spiritual development. Amen? Okay, we're not dependent on our pastors for our spiritual development. We are responsible for our own spiritual development, and we are responsible for our most important relationships to tend to them in a way that would be honoring to God. And I love the way Lindsay and Kent so oftentimes put it. They say, parents are the primary faith trainers of their kids. It's not the church. The church can be equippers of parents, but parents need to be the faith heroes the faith heroes for their kids. Parents are the primary faith trainers for their kids. And husbands and wives are responsible, as we know, for the spiritual vitality of their marriage. And so how can we equip husbands and wives to be stronger spiritually in their marriage for one another? And how can we equip parents to be stronger spiritual leaders for their kids? And so we put on a number of different conferences and sermons and equipping sessions to help all of us fight the tsunami of divorce that's in central Nebraska. And it's a tsunami. And conferences to help parents, again, be the faith heroes for their kids. Because it's really not about all the church can do in a couple hours a week, it's about all the parents can do throughout the week, right? from church-dependent to equipped to lead. Hundreds of you took part in those conferences and seminars, and we're still strong, stronger, bud, because of that. The fourth initiative well, went like this, from Sunday to every day. And this fourth initiative was launched, we would say, unfortunately, like right before COVID. And yet, my friends, we did not allow COVID to slow us down, and in some ways, 
The additional time that we all had at home during those early days of COVID enabled us to build deeper and better relationships with our neighbors. And we focused on verses like the Great Commandment. We talked about from Sunday to every day. You'll see that up on the screen here, the Great Commandment. Let's read this out loud together, both here and online and in the venue. Would you please join me? Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? Here's how he answered. Join me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And here's what we believe at Carnegie Free. We believe every person matters. Deep in our being, it's our vision statement. We believe that every person in here matters and every person out there matters. We believe deeply every person matters. And so we say church can't be about Sunday morning. Church is about Monday to Saturday. And how can we be the church Monday to Saturday for our community? Let us ask the question, God, who is the one person that you want me to love? Who's the one person that you want me to reach out to during the Sunday to everyday initiative? And we prayed and we prayed and we all sought to love that one person that God would lead us to. And we distributed uh, these cards and thousands of them all were distributed. And you took those and you prayed through that and you said, God, is it someone at the barbershop? Is it someone in my workplace? Is it someone in my school? Is it someone in the neighborhood? Who is the one person that you want to give, you want me to give more of myself to because every person matters? And today, a couple years later, 14 of you are consistently serving with E-Free Transit in our partnership with Crossroads Rescue Mission. 14 of you on a consistent basis to homeless ministry. Dozens have embraced international students over at UNK, bringing international students into our homes. 20 of you are mentors now on a weekly basis down at Emerson Elementary School, a local elementary school with some kids that need some mentorship. And 20 of you are doing that. We have an opportunity for another 20 or 25 to sign up even today. Countless others have developed deeper relationships with their neighbors. I know that my life and our families' lives have been so enriched by the neighbors that we have and the relationships that were strengthened during those days of COVID. So thankful for that. We're, we're the better for that. One woman began serving in our storehouse during the frantic early days of COVID. She was one of many that were serving in the storehouse, distributing bags of food and giving a hand up, not just a handout, offering advocacy, but working with the government program at the time to distribute food to people that had need. And she was praying, God, would you give me one relationship out of this? Would you give me one lasting relationship? And God provided that. And she said this sometime later. She said, you know, before being here at Storehouse, before the Sunday to Everyday Initiative, I would have never given someone like her the time of day, but now... I truly consider her my friend. Friends, this is the way influence, this is the way Christian influence is going in our increasingly post-Christian world. Please hear me. If you want to influence others for Christ, it goes like this. It's good deeds with compassion and generous love over time that create goodwill 
with your neighbors and coworkers and classmates, which create a platform for the good news. It's good deeds to goodwill to good news. It can't start with, it very, very, very rarely starts with good, good news today. It's good deeds to goodwill to eventually good news. And God invites us to be a part of this, and we celebrate that through the Sunday to Everyday initiative, that we don't just go to church, we are the church. It ain't about Sunday, it's about Monday through Saturday and what God would do through his church in the world. How great is our God? How great is our God to involve us in his mission to this great community? In 2021, Pastor Todd and Carrie led us together through our fifth and final initiative. It was called From Lost in a Crowd to Known in Community. From Lost in a Crowd to Known in Community. And for about 18 months, we put a spotlight on those words, From Lost in a Crowd to Known in Community, because we believe so strongly, though, that it's vital for us to have some teammates in the faith that we are marching toward Christ with. One of the key verses though, that we focused on was Hebrews 10, 24, though, that goes like this. Let us consider how we may stir one another up toward love and good deeds, not neglecting meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but building each other up all the more, encouraging each other all the more. Personally, for me, well, one of the highlights of the past several years was the way our church came back after the pandemic. Like in, in the fall of, of 2020, when the stay-at-home orders well, were lifted and we were back in church, and it was chaotic, remember? Anybody else? I remember, okay. <laughs> like we had ropes separating us, and we had these six-feet distancing requirements, of course, and we had masks and no masks, and then we had different services um, with different requirements in different services and various cleaning mechanisms going. And we were just trying to figure the whole thing out just like everyone else was, right? And we don't pretend to have gotten it perfectly right, not by any means, but we did everything we could so that we could do that verse, not stop meeting together. And in the earliest days, when we got back together, we had 11 different worship services in three different rooms over the course of three different days. It was exhausting. But we did that verse. We didn't neglect mean together. We came back, and then many people again and again over the, the following months and even years have slowly come back at a rate that is right for them, and that's all good. There's no judgment about any of that. But as wonderful as that all was, here's the thing. We know now on the other side, mostly on the other side, that this large room is not enough, right? I think we all know this. Even in the venue, those watching in the venue, you maybe have 100 people there today in the venue. That's not enough. In a room of 100 or a room of 600 like this, it's really easy to be lost in a crowd. And we want to be known in community. And so what we've tried to do over these past years is put the spotlight, the last two years particularly, on being known in community through this mechanism that we use called life groups. And so throughout the pandemic, we actually sprung up more and more life groups. Our life group ministry grew by 30% during the pandemic, such that 814 adults are currently in a life group of some kind. 
grew by 30% during the pandemic, and we had groups that were meeting on the lawn, in the lawn of church, in open garages, Zoom groups, short-term groups, all different kinds, all fall for this purpose of being known in community which we need together. We recognize that like there's some individual sports and there's some team sports. And Christianity is more like football than it is like golf. Okay? To succeed in Christianity, you need a few people that are walking with you. You need a few teammates. You need a band of brothers. You need a band of sisters. It's not like golf. I love golf, but that's an individual sport, right? Okay? We need a few others. And we've found in life groups just how powerful that is. Friends, by God's grace, we've had some really, really great times over these past several years. Part of the From Here to There vision also included this financial campaign, and I'm not going to go into depth on this as we've already talked about it, but our chairman, Dave Challey, uh, produced this video. He didn't produce the video. He, he stars in the video. Cody and Eric and that team, though, they produced the video. And we've seen though, this video once, but it's a wonderful synops- synopsis of some more of what is accomplished in this past five years. So take a quick look at this video. From here, we prayed over the new possibilities of advancing the truth of the gospel in our community and beyond. Now, we are there. This journey began over two years ago when we announced the initiatives involved in the From Here to There capital opportunity, building a church plant in Columbia and continuing to sponsor children in that area through Compassion International. And now we are there. Remodel and develop the chapel into an area that better serves our growing ministries. Once again, we are there. Add a 24-7 prayer room onto our existing building to those who need safe, intimate place to pray to the God who loves them. And now we are there. And finally, eliminate the debt on our building to free us up to better serve the people in our church, the community, and our world. I am thrilled to say we are there. How did we get there? God's faithfulness, his guidance, and his people. Through floods, pandemics, and personal loss, God used your faithfulness to get us across the proverbial finish line. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity, your sacrificial giving, and your meaningful prayers that have gotten us to this point. Even though these goals are complete, the work is never done. Please continue to pray how these new achievements will grow into new possibilities for us to continue to build a transformational community by growing in love with Christ and all people. Can you say it with me? How great, how great is our God. Let's say it together. How great is our God. What a tremendous accomplishment, though, that's been as a church. We give him praise for the work he's done here over these past five years. These five initiatives, though, that I just went over, from here to there, that's the overarching banner. And these five initiatives underneath them, from spiritual busyness to spiritual depth, from lost in a crowd to known in community, from church dependent to equipped to lead myself, from Sunday to every day, and from Carney to the world. I'm not trying to say that we're completely there, okay? We're all in process. I'm in process. Our church as a whole is in process. But I'm telling you, like, those five have become part of the fabric of who we are as a church. 
They're now like part of our DNA. And if you're new here to the church, I pray that you be encouraged by these, that these are like these five golden threads that weave their way through the tapestry that there is our church now. And so maybe today you'll go out to the ministry expo and you'll identify an area that you want to join the mission. And if you do so, I'm telling you, you are joining a great mission. Or maybe today is the day that you say, I'm going to get out of the shadows and I'm going to choose community. And friends, if that's you, you can be confident that you are choosing to be a part of a great community where things are being done for God's kingdom here in this place and beyond this place to our world. We're not there completely, but we are very much in process as a church family of building a transformational community where transformation happens as we're growing in love with Christ and all people. God be praised through it all. Father, thank you for this church family. Thank you, Lord, for your many gifts. Too great for us even to mention them all this morning. But what a joy it is to look back for me and celebrate the ways that you've been so faithful to us over these past years. There have been many tragedies, many disappointments, great sorrow. But we are wise to remember the faithfulness of our God through it all. God, you never promised us a panacea. You never promised us a life full of pleasure. What you promised us is that you would change us and grow us, oftentimes through the storm. And we see that you've done that in this place over these last years. So while we might have lost some of our comforts, while we've endured great tragedies at times, we give you thanks and praise that you've worked in and through them for our benefit for the good of our community, and for your glory. We invite you to keep doing it. Would you please use us? In Jesus' mighty name, we pray together. Amen.